What a wonderful way to spend Christmas morning together, gathering together to worship Christ Jesus. And as we are gathered uh, today, uh, we're going to be closing a short sermon series that we've been doing titled, Why Did Jesus Come? Uh, In this sermon series, we've been looking at how Christ himself answered this question. If you remember, we began the first week of Advent by looking at a passage in Mark chapter 10 where Jesus said, I have come to serve and not to be served. The next week, uh, Felix preached from Luke chapter 5 where Jesus said, I have not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. Uh, We're going to close this sermon series titled, Why Did Jesus Come?, This week, by looking at a passage in John chapter 12, as the songs we sung today, in John chapter 12, Jesus said, I have come into the world as light. At the sermon today, we're going to be looking at two Bible passages. Uh, The first passage for this morning is from Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. In the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. The earth earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. The second passage for this morning is from John chapter 12, verse 46. Jesus said, I have come into this world as light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. This is the word of the Lord. What exactly did Jesus mean when he said that he came into the world as light? Earlier in John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus himself had declared, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So are we to read this quite literally, uh, imagining light as as brightness or or just physical light? Uh, Scientifically speaking, light is basically photons or, or electromagnetic Radiation, that's all it is. Quite obviously, when Jesus said that he is the light of the world, he did not mean physical light. So what exactly did Jesus mean when he said, I have come as light into the world? That's what we're going to be looking at this morning. I want to draw out three things for us from the passage we're looking at, two passages we're looking at today. First, the past biblical meaning of light the present biblical meaning of light, and the future biblical meaning of light. The past meaning of light, the present biblical meaning of light, and the future meaning of light. Let's start with the first thing, the past biblical meaning of light. So this theme of light and darkness is there all through the Bible. More specifically, um, through the Gospel of John, you will find this theme of light and darkness playing everywhere. God uses this theme 
of light and darkness all through his word to communicate many important truths to us. This theme is also there all over the Old Testament. Isaiah 9, the the passage that Gracia read for us today is uh, one of the clearest prophecies of Christ to come, the Messiah to come, is one example of the theme of light and darkness being played out even there. But the earliest evidence of this theme of light and darkness is, of course, in the very first book of the Bible, in the creation account on Genesis chapter 1, the words we looked at uh, this morning. It's going to come up for us again on the screen. The very first verse in this passage tells us that God created all the heavens and the earth, but the earth, but the earth was without form and void. And darkness was over the face of the deep. In the beginning of creation, there was only darkness. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. In the context of creation, light signifies the transition from void to form. Light signifies the transition from chaos to order. It signifies the the shift from incompletion to completion. The shift from emptiness to wholesomeness. God said, let there be light. Did you realize that these are the very first words spoken by God? They've been revealed to us in the Bible, the very first words God spoke, let there be light. So this is the order of creation. First, there was darkness, and God spoke light into the darkness. And this order of creation is significant. Darkness first, and God speaking light into the darkness. Genesis chapter 1 verse 5. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. This refrain that there was evening and there was morning is repeated six times across all six creation days given to us in the beginning of the Bible in the book of Genesis. Doesn't this strike you as as odd? Would you not expect God to say that there was morning and there was evening? Would you not? We would all, when we talk of a day, we would all assume day begins in the morning and, and ends in the evening. Have you ever wondered why God begins counting the first day and the second day and the third day and all six days by saying, and then there was evening and the morning the first day, the second day, and and so forth. Why would God begin the day with evening, moving on to morning? It's a simple answer. God wants us to remember the order of creation. First there was darkness, then God spoke light into the darkness. This is significant. And this creation pattern of evening and then morning, 
darkness first and then light coming in to dispel darkness is something that plays over again in our redemption narrative as well. First there was darkness and God said, let there be light in your heart and in mind, the light of Christ Jesus. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 8, we see this pattern playing out in our redemption as well. The Apostle Paul says, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Darkness first, and God speaking light into the darkness. For every one of us born since the time of Adam has been born in sin. We were born in darkness, and Christ entered our hearts as light and dispelled the darkness. And this creation pattern of light entering and dispelling darkness played out in our redemption narrative as well. This is not an imaginary connection that I'm making. The Bible itself makes this very strong connection in light entering to dispel darkness, both in the creation narrative and in the redemption narrative. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, that's a direct reference to Genesis chapter 1, where God says, let there be light. For God who said, let light shine of darkness, has shone into our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of glory of God in the face of Christ Jesus. The Apostle Paul is clearly making this connection here in light entering and dispelling darkness both in creation and in the redemption narrative. So in one sense, the creation pattern of light entering into this, light, light entering to dispel darkness is also a foretelling of the redemption to unfold in Christ Jesus. You could even say that God was prophetically revealing His Son, Jesus Christ, to all of creation with His very first words when He spoke, Let there be light. At creation, God was announcing Christmas. This is the past biblical meaning of light. When God said, let there be light, he was revealing Christ and Christmas to all of creation. And that brings us to the second thing I wanted to draw out for us from the two passages we are looking at this morning. The present biblical meaning of light. The present biblical meaning of light. I'd like to help us see one more significant connection between the creation and the redemption narratives. Genesis again, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God separated light from the darkness. This is the creation narrative. Now look at the redemption narrative in the verses where Jesus said he has come into the world as light. John chapter 12, verse 46. I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. Jesus came as light so that whoever believes in him may not remain in darkness. You see, Christ is once again separating light from darkness. In creation... 
and in redemption, God is in the business of separating light from darkness. Let me bring this home to our hearts, very practically speaking. John chapter 3, verse 19. The light has come into the world, and people love the darkness more than light because their works were evil. People, and that's us, people love the darkness rather than our light and than the light. In our fallen state, we are all lovers of darkness. In our fallen state, our inclination is to love darkness and to remain in darkness. But God's inclination, the pattern of how God works, is to send light to dispel darkness. And so Christmas is Christ the light forcing his way into darkness and dispelling the darkness in each and every one of our hearts. But sadly, Every one of us, without exception, we still retain some love for this darkness. To some extent or the other, in one aspect or the other of our lives, we all choose to love darkness and remain in it. Do you know which parts of your lives do you love darkness in? Are we prepared to acknowledge it? Do you realize... That in every one of our hearts, even now, there is a battle raging. And Christ is the one who is fighting this battle. Christ who is in the business of separating darkness and light. He is fighting that very battle in your heart and in mine. This is what the Bible calls sanctification. What is this darkness? What is the darkness that is holding you captive? What is it that's holding me captive? It's something we all need to reflect on a little bit. Let me pause here for a minute to define darkness. What exactly do we mean when we say darkness? Clearly, we're not talking about physical darkness here. When we try to define darkness anytime, immediately we think of evil things. Things like hatred, things like enmity, things like bitterness, things like lust, things like selfishness, greed. You see, darkness includes all of this. But darkness is not only limited to this. And so let me try and define darkness for us. Any aspect of our lives that we live apart from Christ, any areas of our lives that we live unmindful of the light of Christ is darkness. And so if we live our careers most of the time unmindful of Christ and not living in the light of Christ in his selfless ways but in our selfish ways it is an area of darkness. In our finances if we are mostly unmindful of Christ in the way we manage our finances That's an area of darkness. In our love lives, within marriage or in courtship, when we live mostly unmindful of Christ, that's an area of darkness. In our parenting, if all we think for our kids are only worldly things, good things, but only worldly things, and if in our parenting, 
if our parenting is unmindful of Christ, that is an area of darkness. You see, darkness is not only doing evil things, but shutting Christ out of all the good things in our lives is also darkness. Let me speak a simple truth here. We cannot celebrate Christmas and continue to be comfortable with any darkness in our lives. Christmas and darkness, Christ and darkness cannot really coexist. The core message of Christmas is that Christ has come to separate light from darkness. Christ, our light, will not tolerate even a shadow of darkness in our hearts. Christ will separate light from the darkness in every one of our hearts. This should make us both uncomfortable and joyful at the same time. This should make us very uncomfortable. This should make us squirm in our seats because we simply, myself first, cannot continue living the way we live, shutting Christ out most of the time, being unmindful of Him most of the time in many areas of our life. But this very same truth should also make us joyful, make us call us to rejoicing because Christ is the one who initiates and completes his sanctifying work in our lives. We faithfully participate. This is the present biblical meaning of light. In your heart and mind, Jesus is in the business of separating light from darkness. So let me close with the third and the last thing. I'd like to draw out for us from from these two passages. The future biblical meaning of light. We looked at the past biblical meaning. We looked at the present biblical meaning. Let's look at the future biblical meaning of light. Let me go back to the book of Genesis one more time. God said, let there be light on the first day of creation. But if you read the Genesis account in Genesis chapter 1 closely, you will see that he created the sun and the stars only on the fourth day of creation. How could this be? How could there be light without sun and the stars? This is not some kind of an error. A lot of people enjoy making fun of Genesis. We should have a conversation on that uh, another day. This is not an error that we see here. Light coming before the sun and the stars being created on the fourth day. This is very, very intentional. To us, light without sun and the stars may seem weird, but the Bible on many occasions reminds us that God is light. 1 John chapter 1 verse 5, God is light and there is no darkness at all in him. Again, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 16, the Bible tells us that, the, that God dwells in unapproachable light. And, and this reality of God speaking light into the world, into the cosmos, even before the sun or the stars, is not only a past creation reality, it is also a future redemptive reality. Light without sun, moon, the stars is not only a past creation reality, it's also a future redemptive reality. 
when Christ comes again, He will establish a new heaven and a new earth and a new city. A new world where there will be no more sin, no more sickness, no more sadness, no more shame, no more death. And the Bible in Revelation chapter 21, describing this new world for every one of us, it gives us an interesting detail of this new city. Revelation chapter 21 verses 23 and 24. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and the Lamb is the Lamb of God. For its light, for in its light, by its light, will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. This is the future biblical meaning of light. One day when Christ comes again, He himself will be our light. We will have no need for the sun or moon to shine on us. Not only that, God assures us that he himself will dwell in this new city. And that we will all, every one of us who believe in Christ, we will see him face to face. I want to invite us all to see something truly beautiful here. Truly beautiful. You see, as long as sin remains, God dwells in unapproachable light, as 1 Timothy 6.16 tells us. As long as sin remains, God is in unapproachable light. Uh, unapproachable light. But when Christ comes again and redeems us and resurrects us from the dead and wipes away every presence of sin, we will see God face to face and we will live with him in what was once unapproachable light. You see, Christ is coming to take away sin of the world once and for all so we can one day in the future dwell with him, see him face to face and live in what was once unapproachable light. Now, we still have remnant sin. Some darkness still still remains in every one of us. But then, when Christ comes again and transforms us in the blink of an eye, there will be no more darkness left in us and we will dwell in His presence bathed in the glorious light of Christ the Lamb of God. On that day, there will be no more darkness in our lives and we will live by the light of the Lamb. And so here's the application that I want to close this sermon with. Very simple application. How are we longing for this day? How are we groaning for this day? Are, are our hearts, are our souls pining? Is our whole being crying out as a deer, as a deer is crying out in a parched land for water? Is our entire being longing and groaning for this day when Christ will come to take away every darkness out of our lives? Are we waiting for this day? Are we longing for this day where every tiny aspect of our lives will be so fully bathed in the glorious light of Christ that there will be no more room for even a 
fleeting shadow of darkness? Are we longing for this day when every one of us will be truly without sin? When there will be perfect harmony between man and woman, man and man, woman and woman, and there will be perfect harmony of, of redeemed humanity totally reconciled with God because of the finished work of Christ Jesus. This picture of the new city to come is the end game. This is why Christ was born. This is why Christ laid down his life on the cross to save us. This is why Christ rose again from the dead to seal our salvation. This is the end goal of Christmas, that we will all be truly free from every sin and darkness, and we will all, all of us who believe in Christ, will dwell in God's pure and holy light. But are our souls longing for this? Tell me, is this the deepest longing of your heart? Is this the most important desire that's reigning our lives, your life and mine? Are our souls truly longing for this day or are our souls only longing for the fleeting things of the earth? A better job, a better home, children doing better. The list list is endless. Are we caught up with all these good things which are still so petty in the light of eternity that we are forgetting our eternal destiny. The crib, the manger, the cross, they all point to eternal life we receive in Christ. May we never forget this glorious and most important gift of Christmas. Let us pray. Father, we pray, just as you spoke into the darkness and said, let there be light, just as you sent your son, Christ Jesus, into the world as light, Lord, would you, would you speak ongoing light the light of sanctification into every one of our hearts, Lord. And would you help us by your grace, by the power of your Holy Spirit, through your word in the context of gospel community, to reorder our lives, to reorder the loves of our heart, that the greatest, deepest longing of every one of our hearts would be for that day. May every other longing align under the supreme longing for Christ to come and take away all sin and darkness in our hearts. For those of us who do not yet know this light, for those of us who do not yet know this Christ as a personal Savior, would you join with me as I pray for you? If this is your very first time in a church, you've never, had, you've never heard Christ preach like this to you before, And this morning, if you want to receive Christ, you want to receive this Christ, the light of the world, into your heart, would you pray the simple prayer with me? Thank you, Father. I acknowledge that there is sin and darkness in me. I acknowledge that only Christ can wipe away this darkness. Only Christ can wipe away this sin because he bore all my sin on his body when he died on the cross and rose again from the dead. 
by your Holy Spirit. Help me to believe and to declare, believe in my heart and declare with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.